0: You're listening to Inspired, a production of Interfaith Voices. I'm your host, Umbreen Khan. If you are just joining, this week, Kimberly Winston is taking us on a sonic journey, exploring sounds of faith created in response to the global pandemic, from hymns to chants. Now we turn to take a closer look at some of the creative people behind these sonic creations. Let's
1: get back to the story. As I was reporting on the music people of faith make in response to COVID 19, a friend sent me a video on YouTube. The description said it was a piece of music based on Psalm 147, and the composer hoped it would comfort the bereaved. I was certainly feeling bereaved, so I clicked play.
0: may the light of the stars heal the
1: Instantly, I was carried away on the rising music that built from a single cello and a solo voice to include dozens of instruments, scores of singers, and dancers of all body types and sizes. All initially appear alone in the little box on the computer screen, filmed wherever they happen to be sheltering from the pandemic. And then the screen split into a bunch of little boxes, each one framing a single performer, but the grid brought them together so that they are singing in harmony, dancing in sync, and playing their instruments in a soaring tapestry of sound. The work is called Harofé, which is Hebrew for the one who heals, and watching it made me cry in a good way. It was composed by Solomon Hoffman, who we met earlier in this show, and was choreographed by Keeley Garfield. Hoffman, you may remember, is a rabbinical student in the Jewish Reconstructionist tradition, and Garfield leads her own dance company and is a Zen Buddhist. The pair met last July when they both entered a hospital chaplaincy program in New York City. One day, Hoffman asked Garfield if she might collaborate with him on a piece of music he started before the pandemic, but now felt compelled to finish. Hoffman tells what happened next.
2: I had written this this piece that had, you know, a sort of repeating phrase, and I wondered what it would be like to have movement that accompanied that phrase and knowing that this was going to be, you know, a virtual, everybody recording their own part, that we wouldn't, you know, have dancers in the same space. So I had a thought about, you know, dancers that might be doing the same motions, people doing it in their own boxes or cutting between them. We talked about a way to create a phrase that might work for both more experienced dancers and and people who dance for fun and really trying to open it up to a range of folks. I think in the same way that for the singing, I had parts for singers of different backgrounds and ranges to try to incorporate as many singers as possible.
1: Keeley, when you first heard the music, were there certain images it brought up in terms of movement or emotions
3: related to what we've been through in the last year? Um, I think movement that would be kind of gesturally based and that would um, repeat in a kind of visibly easy to recognize kind of way would make it accessible and open it up to people to participate. Apart from the melody and the and the lyric, I think the insight, the in and the out. So it made the light of the stars, which is kind of, out there heal the wounds in our hearts so the out in that really was very strong pull for me and strongly resonated and also connected very much with the way that I I work and think about dance at all times you know that is a kind of relationship with what is happening in my body and how that is reflected in the body of the world that tension between out and in I
1: hadn't thought of this before, but when you said that, it made me think, is that in
3: any way sort of a metaphor for what we've been through? You know, I started the beginning of the pandemic, I had the classic experience of working from home and being at home and, and sort of, you know, each day feeling very kind of similar and things kind of shrinking, my world shrinking. And then the, the second half of the pandemic, at least last year, was the opposite. Solomon and I became you know frontline essential workers and were uh, very much out in the world and in the hospital and in rooms with patients and families and it was a continuation of this kind of experience of being out and in and of kind of returning home and going back out into the world and the world also didn't feel like home anymore but there was certainly for me a sense throughout the year and it continues now of like how far a field can I go? And then where? How, how do I bring it home? And where is home? And, and is the wound outside or is it inside? And yes, it, it's in the body of the world and in my body and in all our bodies. And yet there's the light of the stars and there's music and there's dance and there's a kind of liturgical, prayerful expression that mends it or knits it all together. Solomon, for you, that out in... When you were
1: composing, was that an image, a metaphor that had meaning for you in relation to
2: the COVID crisis? For me, what's coming up is, as Keely talked about, you know, the experience of really being in it with patients and families that are going through this crisis with a loved one. There's a sense, I think, of showing up as a chaplain to somebody and really being in it with them, and that's very different than, you know, maybe looking at the newspaper and seeing the the number of deaths that day or feeling the larger societal loss. I think there's a sense of a different kind of experience when you're really in with one person who in their suffering versus out with the whole world and its suffering. I think that maybe there's something about people each holding a little bit of suffering in themselves and by experiencing the video or by singing it, playing in it. Perhaps joining others in their internal suffering and maybe finding some comfort in the presence of others and making music with others and making dance with others. and that's helping to actually heal the the collective suffering that we're all we're all in right now.
1: Is there something about music, the making of music, whether you're singing, playing an instrument, or dancing to that music? Is there something about that that can be healing when it is done in reference to a time like
3: we've just had? I don't know who said it. It's a snippet of, I think, some poetry. The heart's longing for itself comes to me. And that I, too, you know, when I watched the film that Solomon made cried and with that sense of kind of like the heart longing for itself and then seeing the beating heart and the inhale and the exhale, which of course you have to do when you're singing and when you're dancing too. The collective breath was very powerful and there was another surprising thing for me in in seeing the film. It really made me cry in a cathartic way and in a kind of hopeful way and in a very tender way um, because I was already, you know, involved in it I knew the music I made the dance I had seen some of the footage of some of the some of the dancers. but seeing it come together was very powerful again you know we're we're all used to the kind of virtual choirs and the way the artists have over the last year more than a year continued to put their work out there in the world but it just never gets old actually seeing people dancing in their kitchen or their living room or Bumping into the couch. Or, or with their baby strapped on their chest. Yeah, it never gets old. I would never have had that glimpse into, again, like talking about in, like a real, like, it's so intimate and so, you know, the heart longing for itself. Very beautiful. I was struck by the image in the video of
1: everyone being in their own little box, right? Now, I know you had to film it that way because of the pandemic, but it really stands out to me as a metaphor for the whole year. Solomon, can you talk to me about creating that sense of isolation and community at the same time?
2: Yeah, I think there is something really powerful about seeing each person in their own space and in their own environment. And I had helped to create some virtual choir pieces for one of the synagogues I work at with volunteer amateur choir. And a bunch of the choir members said, you know, it's really hard to sing by yourself and to not have the comfort of singing with others. And I actually feel really self-conscious and really question my ability to sing. But then when I hear it with the other voices, my faith is restored in, in my maybe my own ability to sing, the power of others singing together. I try to listen to each part as it comes in and just, you know, notice how it sounds, any points that might need to be addressed. But I really enjoy just listening to each line. I've worked with a really wonderful audio engineer, Tim Pyrells, who took each line and then lines them up in sync, lines up their volume. And there's so much careful work that goes into, you know, it's not just putting it all in the kitchen sink and hoping it's okay. There's really a lot of really fine tuning. And I think that process of, oh, just one decibel up here, one decibel back here. To me, that's like, in terms of like finding the sacred, I think that's one of the the ways that we do that. The more we edited and played with it and tried to find the most natural way for these people to fit together, that's really where we found the sacred place.
1: Can you talk to me about how music and dance, how they can help us deal with the grief, deal with the sorrow and deal with, you know, getting back into the real world.
2: I thought of something I learned back when I first started training to be a chaplain. And my supervisor talked about listening for the music behind the words of what someone was speaking. Someone might say words, but there's really an emotional layer that as a chaplain, we try to notice and recognize and help people access. And we try to craft our Interventions as chaplains to help people be in touch with that emotional level that's actually maybe below the words, and I think of music a lot like that too. That that music is something that helps us to express that is beyond language. And I think the the grief from this year is so you know overwhelming. I know when I started listening to the first versions, I did feel that something unlocked, and I w- was able to to cry a little bit or to notice, oh, I have this feeling that I've tucked away and hearing this music and hearing the people that made it together, hearing their voices and then seeing the dancers together and seeing the handoff between one dancer, just, just little moments like that. I'm grateful and it's amazing to just see that it's been able to do that for people.
3: That feeling of being alone together. I'm thinking of just move the words around a little bit, add a letter, you have all one all one together, alone together becomes all one together. In the beginning, how does a dancer and choreographer end up being a chaplain? And I I don't see them as as so vastly different when I think about things centred in the body. And let's face it, this pandemic is centred in the body so i think that for me there's always been this like pull between movement and sound and at the other end of the spectrum as a chaplain maybe attending end of life there's stillness and silence but if we think of like those kind of poles they need each other and they reflect each other and they enlarge each other it's going to be a while before we really recognize or understand the ways that we've been changed by this experience but it's almost like this kind of deep dive into stillness, into silence, into aloneness. Maybe is the preparation that we all we all need in order to take a step back into movement and sound, and the joy of being together, and really, really relishing that.
1: That was choreographer Keeley Garfield and Solomon Hoffman, a rabbinical student, hospital chaplain candidate, and composer discussing Harofé, a musical composition for voice and dance intended to acknowledge the losses of the COVID-19 pandemic. You can find Harofé on Solomon Hoffman's YouTube channel,
0: Coming up, producer Kimberly Winston continues the story, taking a closer look at how the pandemic has changed religious practices and some of our assumptions about what rituals look like. If you missed any portion of this program, you can stream it online at interfaithradio.org. You're listening to Inspired, a production of Interfaith Voices. Stay with us.